Hey, this is John Straza, and this is the Sower Seeds Podcast. And welcome today. We really have a special episode for you. You know, this is a teaching ministry that is intended on firmly rooting believers in the gospel, the gospel of truth and God's love. And today we're really going to be in the core of that. The title of today's message is Faith, Hope, and Love, these three. And this is from Paul's very famous scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 and verses 8 through 13. I knew I was going to speak on this message, I think within an hour after uploading last week's message. And I have been really excited about it all week. And I, I have stayed in this verse and other verses around it through the week. And I'm seeing so much that I really believe that this is going to be a series of at least two or three episodes. There's too much to go through. And I don't want to rush through it either. It's just too important especially in the day in which we live. We see a lot of things going on in the world and it's discouraging and disheartening to so many. It's depressing to so many and there's an answer to it. And even though I'm not going to address those things directly today, what's going on in the world, if you are discouraged or depressed or disheartened, this is really your answer anyway. It's, it's amazing. And I'm going to touch on that from Paul's point of view uh, when he writes to the Ephesians. So we have some things to go over today. I want you to really stay with me on this one. If we do other episodes, I hope that you'll go through them all because this is really a great thing. Um, God's revelation has just been terrific. And I just can't say enough. I'm excited about this. So we have faith, hope, and love. These three. And Let's, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13 right off the bat. Let's start there and go at verse, uh, we'll start at verse 8, where it says, Love never fails. And I'm reading out of the New King James here. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. And whether there are tongues, because Paul was talking about the gifts in this chapter from the beginning, the various gifts and how important it was to have love and that somebody could have all the faith in the world and they could have gifts and everything. But if they didn't have love, they were, were nothing. And that is before all of this. That's how he starts out writing about this. Here in verse 8, he's talking about love itself. And he says, love never fails. Again, verse 8, let's just look at it again. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. And whether there are tongues, they will cease. And, where, uh, and whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, and he's talking about the return of Jesus there, that's what it means. Then that which is in part will be done away. And he gives a metaphor right here in verse 11. Look at this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child and I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I want to say here, Paul didn't just kind of move aside to teach a separate lesson here. This is a metaphor for what he's talking about, the subject that he is on. And he goes into verse 12, starting with the word for. In a sense, he's saying, because. So I'll read it again. 
When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And he goes on to say, now in this present time, I know in part, but then when Jesus comes, I shall know just as also I am known. He'll see the whole picture. We will see the whole picture of God. He's saying we, we don't see everything about God. We don't know everything about God. And Paul is using the metaphor of being a child in a sense saying we, we will understand as a child. We'll only see but so much. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. He used it as a metaphor of sorts. And yes, there's other lessons in there. But in context, he's just using this to make a contrast about being in the presence of God in heaven and being here on earth. And Paul is writing this as one of the people who probably had the greatest revelation of the gospel in Jesus of any person alive. This is a, a man who had tremendous revelation. He didn't even explain all his revelations to the church. So he's the one who's saying this. He's saying in verse 12, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then when Jesus comes back, we will see him face to face. We will see him clearly. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known by God. And then we have the verse, verse 13, and it says, And now abides faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And I want to write, read another translation, the New Living Translation, that one verse. Verse 13, it says, Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. If I go back to the King James and the New King James and many other uh, translations, it says, And now abides. That word abide really is pointing to a permanent thing. So, Paul is saying, just like the New Living Translation brings out very clearly, these will last forever. These are the qualities of God, faith, hope, and love. And faith works by love. And we have faith and hope, and hope is really linked to faith. The writer of Hebrews brings that up by saying faith is the substance of things hoped for. And in this case, you could just look at hope here as our picture and positive imagination of something we desire in our heart. That's what we hope for. And faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. And we're going to get into that more. And you know, there have been other episodes that I've done and have delved into that quite deeply when we were talking about hope. Some of the first two or three episodes we did was about hope. And we were showing that hope is really like our spiritual womb where we get a picture of something. This is how God works. And this is one of the things that the Lord was showing me in here is that everything God did, faith, hope, and love was involved. When God created the earth, faith, hope, and love was involved. When God spoke to Abraham and said, you're going to have a son, faith, hope, and love was involved. When God sent Jesus to this world to be the Savior for all mankind, that was done with faith, hope, and love. And hope in God's kingdom is a perfect hope. It's a picture of something. 
Think of it this way, and we're going to go into this more deeply in another episode. But God said, it's right in the first pages of the Bible, let there be light. I want you to think about this for a minute. Let there be light. Well, light already had a name before light was. Light existed in God's heart and mind and in his imagination, in his thought, in his hope. That's hope. That's a godly hope. It's an imagination. It's a spiritual womb of sorts. In the New Testament, the word hope is used this way almost through and through. It's to imagine. We hope something. It's like a child hopes for a bicycle for Christmas or a birthday or a special day. How does he hope? How does she hope? It's a picture in their mind. I hope I get this. I hope we can travel to this place or that place. It's a picture. That's what hope is. And it's faith, which I said before is linked to hope, that will believe and bring these things about. When God spoke the world into existence, and again, I'm going to get into this a little more later. I don't want to get ahead of myself because, man, I've seen some things here and it's just amazing. But when God spoke the world into existence, he did so by faith. Perfect faith. God operates in faith because faith works by love. Everything that God does has these qualities in it. And we were made in the image of God. And again, I was saying that faith works by love. And hope is, is linked to that. And this is an eternal qualities that will be with us forever. But love is always at the top. And I want to bring you to another verse here because we're seeing hope, that God is a God of hope. So I'm talking about all three of these qualities. And it's in Romans 15 and 13, and Paul is talking, and he's, he has talked about the gospel. He has talked about the love of God. He has talked about the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and the New Testament in which we live. And towards the end of this amazing letter in Romans, we have Romans 15 and 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's saying that God is indeed a God of hope. And we hope in him, but he functions in hope too. This is hard for me to grasp initially. I said, why would God need to hope when I realized that hope used in this way? And that's really what it means. It's an imagination. The meaning of the word hope in Greek really, in its simplest form, is an expectation. And when you see it that way, you could see when God was speaking light into existence, he expected it to be. When you look at hope that way, you can see how this fits in. You know, there's a worldly love and there's a worldly faith and there's worldly hope and there's worldly peace. And we sometimes define these words through just our natural worldly history and understanding. But hope, a godly hope is a greater thing. Godly faith is a greater thing. Godly love is a greater thing. You see, so we're getting a deeper understanding of what these three words actually even mean. 
And Paul's talking about it in, in a place of tremendous revelation. It's really amazing here. It may sound like this is all very simple, but I just want you to just open your hearts and start looking at this. I've been looking at this verse for the better part of the week. It's just opening my heart. But now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. It's just something else. It's so deep. It's intense. It's wonderful. Now I want to connect this to something that Paul was talking about in Ephesians. This is really something. It really is. And Paul was talking to the Ephesians about God's plans for the Gentiles. And this is in chapter 3. And I want you to see something here because it's an answer to where we should be right now in our lives. You know, Paul suffered a lot. You look at the news today and you see people being attacked for being Christian. And you see them being attacked just for their political beliefs, you know, if they're conservative or whatever the case may be. And you see them being attacked for this. And it's shocking to look at all these things. But you have to realize Paul was in the same thing and in, in a lot of ways worse than what you're seeing. But he's writing to the Ephesians about hope and love and getting to know God's love and all this. And this is what I wanted to bring you to today, just to, to lay a foundation for this entire topic of faith, hope, and love. So Paul is, again, he's talking to the Ephesians. We're in chapter 3. And in verse 13, he says something. He says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. So they were aware that he was really going through some terrible things. He was locked up. He was beat up. He was being brought before governors and courts, and it just was a rough ride for Paul. And here he is saying to them, don't be discouraged because of that. He's saying, it's your glory. It's your honor. He said, I'm doing this in a sense for you. Okay, so he starts off by saying that, and I'll just link that to what we're going through today. We're going through terrible things. We're watching people suffer, and we're discouraged. And he's saying, don't be. Don't be discouraged. And then he gets into something that is amazing. And this is what I want you to see today. In verse 14, Paul goes on to say, For this cause I kneel before God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. He's saying that God would grant you, this is a prayer of Paul. Anytime Paul starts praying in a, in a verse, take double note of it. And that we would be granted based on the amazing riches of his glory. So that's, that's the account which we're drawing from. To be strengthened with might by his spirit in our inner man. In the inner man, brothers and sisters, we're made in three parts body, soul, and spirit. He's talking about spirit there. That's what that inner man is, our spirits. And he goes on to say that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And now he's talking about the heart. By faith, 
that you, look at this, being rooted and grounded in what? Love. May be able to comprehend with all your brothers and sisters what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And when he says, when it passes knowledge, I'll read it again. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, it means goes beyond. It means beyond the mark. That's what it means in Greek, beyond the mark. It goes beyond your knowledge. It means it's beyond what you can even truly understand and know. That you might be filled with the fullness of God. And what Paul is saying here, he's praying something, he's describing something that's not just a casual acquaintance with God's love. He was speaking about the very intimate understanding and experiential knowledge of the depth of God's love. That's what he was talking about. And in the beginning, when I was starting here, I was saying there's these three, faith, hope, and love. This is how we operate. The scripture says the just shall live by their faith. Faith and hope are incredible parts of our life. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's what the scripture says. And this prayer, Paul is already going through sufferings and he's telling these people, do not be discouraged. And for this reason, I'm praying that the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, look back in verse 14 again, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, based on his riches in glory, to be strengthened. He's saying, according to these riches that he has in glory, that you would be strengthened. It's a waterfall of glory. It's a waterfall of strength. It's a waterfall of might by his spirit in the inner man. Do you know what Paul is saying here? He's saying that you would be in the presence of God so deeply that your inner man would be flooded with the riches of glory. That's what he's saying. Don't look at what's going on in the world. Look at Jesus. That's what he's saying. And now faith, hope, and love abide. They don't abide from the world. They abide from heaven. They abide because they are permanent, and the only thing that is permanent is in heaven, is the kingdom of heaven. Look up. Look to him. That's what he's saying. Spend time with him. Get in his presence now more than ever. And because even what's going on, you will pray for the nation you live in. You will pray for the town that you live in and the states in which you live. And those prayers will make a difference because you will get a hope in your heart and you will see it. You will see life coming back to your nation. You will see life coming back to your city and you will see life coming back to the churches around you. And you will see that as a hope just as God sees it. And you will have faith and you will speak in your prayer and you will say, my city, my nation, my state will come back to righteousness. My church will come alive in righteousness. My life will grow in Christ 
because I see it as a hope in my heart and I speak it in prayer and say, I will live and not die. That's what's going on here. And and Paul is praying that we would experience that, that he would grant you according to his riches and glory to be strengthened with might, power by his spirit in the inner man. And he goes on to say in 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And there's a lot in that. Because Christ is already in your life. Paul's not saying that you don't have Christ in your life. He's saying that Christ would dwell in your hearts. He's really saying that you would grow in your life greater and greater and occupy more of your life. That's what he's saying here, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. And that being rooted and grounded in love, you would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of God. And to know the love of Christ. See, he landed on the love. He was speaking about faith. He was speaking about being enriched with the revelation of God and the depth and the length and the, the height of it all. And finishes up in verse 19 saying, and to know the love of Christ, which passes any knowledge that you have. It goes beyond that mark. This is a rich treasure that goes beyond even what you can fully comprehend, but it doesn't mean you won't have it. And it doesn't mean you won't draw from it. You do have it. It's a well of love inside of you. It is an artesian well that never stops. You just draw from it. And you grow from it. And that's why he finishes by saying that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. This is a major, major thing. Remain in faith. And this is why I started with verse 13, because Paul was being beat up. He was being thrown in jail. He was going through all these terrible difficulties. He was beat up to the point of left for dead. And yet here he was saying, I'm praying for you that from the riches of his glory, you would be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man, that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend this tremendous breadth and length and depth and height of God and to know the love of Christ, which goes beyond knowledge. It passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. This is an honor. This is the place that the average Christian can be and should be. This isn't for the super saints. This was to the Ephesians, the regular everyday people. This is what God had for them. And this is what Paul was bringing out, that he was praying for them that they would see and have. It wasn't a casual thing. This was a deep relationship with God. Faith, hope, and love. These three abide. But the greatest of these is love. And here's just one example of really what that looks like. It's not just a, a nice little saying, you know, we have faith, hope, and love, these three, and the greatest of these is love, as if it's just some metaphor in life. No, it's a power-packed statement. It's talking about faith. Just like 
Paul is talking about here. And Paul talked about hope in Romans 15, saying, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in even more hope, again, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in Ephesians, he's saying that they would be granted this, this rich glory, the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with all might in their inner man, that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith, and that they would comprehend the greatness of God, the bigness of God, and to know the love of Christ. It's all covered, all of these things, faith, hope, love, that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. Brothers and sisters, this is exciting. I hope you're catching what I'm saying here. I honestly think we're going to go into another episode with this because there was some other beautiful things I was seeing. And I'll leave this here today. I think this is a great place just to, just to leave it. I'll just close by reading 1 Corinthians 13 and 13, which says, And now abides faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Everything we were talking about here today, everything you see God do, with creation, with Jesus, with his miracles, with the healings, with the resurrection. It's all faith, hope, and love, all of it. All of it is love, but we operate in faith and hope and love. Those are the greatest things. And of those three that abide forever, love is the greatest. Brothers and sisters, this is really awesome, and I look forward to getting to more of this um, next week. But for now, God bless you. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.